Baruchim Abayim B'Shem Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir, which is being recorded, unfortunately, on a Tuesday afternoon. Due to, well, not unfortunately, Baruch Hashem, this is Simchas. This week, either Nishmas, Rosenbass, Rochachana, Ezra, and Ezra. The Shabbos, the Shabbos Parshas Teruma. It is not one of the Dalar Parshas, like we said last week. Dalar Parshas will only begin with Other Sheni. This week is Zion, Other, Erev Shabbos, Zion, Other Sheni. Zion, Zion Adarishan, I'm sorry. Zion Adarishan, which is, means it is the yard site of Meshrabenu, technically. According to most, it's Zion Adarishan. According to those, that are Zion Adarishani, and that's how Cheshbain has come out with how many months when he was born. The bottom line is we celebrate both months <laughs> for his birthday. And the fact that it's his yard site, which therefore Haman Arosha thought that other would be a good month to attack the Jews. Pasha Truma talks about the building of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. Baruch Hashem, there's what to talk about, and goes through Truma, and Tetzave, and then there's the repetition in the parishes, the last two parishes, Vayakel and Pekudei. Yet, yet, tabernacle ceased to exist prior to the entrance of Israel, and it was put into a Shemus, because anything that Meshach Rabbeinu built could not be destroyed and therefore in all practical purposes we have no connection to the tabernacle as it may be, as the Mishkan may be whereas the Beis HaMikdash, which was built several years later, both the first Beis HaMikdash and then unfortunately its destruction and then the time passed and then the second Beis HaMikdash, there are artifacts that are still found, that are still being found, archaeologists are finding, from those from the temples. Whereas the Mishkan itself is not. And yet, the Beis HaMikdash has its resemblance to the Mishkan, had the same vessels as is in the Mishkan, but not the ones that Mesha built. So again, now they're trying to get back from the Vatican different vessels, different things and artifacts that were found, that were saved that were in, that in the, taken away by the, well, the Vatican, the Greeks, the, whatever they were goodwill or, or to show that there's no anti-Semitism in the church or we need only one base Amigdash, we need that one base Amigdash return to us that is the base Amigdash Ashlishi and that will be built by the Ebishter sent down from heaven in one complete piece but yet, the Teda 
takes Truma to again repeat and to tell us over each and every intricate, each and every part of the temple, of the tabernacle, the Mishkan. How could that possibly be relevant? If we have to know what went on there, one parsha would be enough, would be more than enough. And yet, each and every item is being described, each and every item is being in a clear picture drawn for us, and it's with that with which we study and we delve into and we build and we build on. But yet when it comes to the Rambam, Hilchus Beis HaBechida, in the Novi Yeshaya, when he talks about the Beis HaMikdash Ashtishi, it's a Beis HaMikdash. The Mishkan is in the Tera. Not in the Novi, not in the Rambam. We need to find how does that talk to us? What is that telling us? The way to build a Mishkan obviously had to be done through donations. <laughs> That's, I guess, the foundation of where we get the concept of foundations when we build a yeshiva, when we build a meitzah, we build a shul. We ask everybody for donations. Today's a little more a little more uh, advanced way of doing it. They do it with the GoFundMe's and with the different things. I know my son has had to raise funds now for his chabad house in New Zealand. And he's still raising money now for his mikveh in New Zealand. Just to well imagine that New Zealand does not have a kosher women's mikveh. It's amazing. It's fascinating. 2024. And it's a a $100,000 project. And he just finished raising money for his Chabad house, for the building of the Chabad house. Which you can't buy with a mortgage day, you have to buy all out, full out. And he was in a beautiful Chabad house, but he unfortunately the rent was way, way out of the, out of his league. And eventually <laughs> the word the worst of the worst was evicted from the Chabad house. Only well imagine all the people that came to Davin, came to eat Shabbosim Yom Tevim in his Chabad house, which they expanded even to the next building because there was no room. And all the people came together and they literally like were taking the temple out of back down to, 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 to bubble. Carrying out each and every piece, each all the chairs, the tables and everything, and having to put them in storage till they find a place for them. It was quite a sad day in in Auckland, New Zealand. But Baruch Hashem, he's gonna help now, he's buying a building, and they'll renovate and they'll put it in and they'll have As ample, if not more, Mitchum, hopefully, when he'll build up than he had in the old Chabad house. So everything has a purpose to it, everything has a reason for it. We don't know how many people saw this happening and how many people felt another yearn for Chabad for it. But they fundraised, and they're fundraising, and they're continuing to fundraise. And as it may be, as we said before, 
every organization is perpetually fundraising. We always have to find and to get another source and another source where and how to pay the next bill, how to pay the next Shabbos meal, how to pay the electricity bills, etc. But Baruch Hashem, the Ebishter doesn't forsake, and Shluchim, Rebbe Shluchim, persevere and forge ahead. For the Mishkan, we see the same. There was a collection. Everyone was asked to give either gold, silver, or copper. All the precious metals. Where did they have it from? We all know. When the Jews left Egypt, they went to the Egyptians and they told them, I want you to please give me this, 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 and this thing of gold and silver, whatever you have. We're borrowing it officially. They borrowed officially. And they borrowed it, and with this they left. And we then spoke about what happened by the darkness, how they discovered everything, and how they knew everything was. Perfect. Move on, as we say. Here they go, and they made the collection. But then, we find a very, very interesting thing happened. The Jews await Moshe to come down from Sinai and they await Moshe to come down from Sinai and he tardies and he tardies and they decide to take up another collection now they're taking up a collection to build a god a new God. What kind of thing they're going to build? What kind of creature they're going to make? I don't know. But they want to build a new God. So they go to Aaron and they put him in charge. Moshe's brother. They put him in charge. He gets put in charge and he says, so bring me gold and silver. And they tell him, uh, uh, uh. But first he told them an interesting expression. He said, go to your wives and get the gold and silver from the wives, from the women. Get it from the women. He knew very well, and we spoke about this by previous year. He knew very well that what they would get is a Valgerholzen cup. They'd get a, 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 a rolling pin on the head. The wife's not giving them anything for any kind of God. Women were maminim. They believed. They were believers. It was a schus of the women that we went out of Mitzrayim. So Taylor tells us that they took their own rings, their nose rings, earrings, whatever they had, and they gave that for the Mishkan, for the eagle. They gave it for the god, for the new molten god that they're going to melt down now. A gold god, they didn't know what it would be. 
And they learn about the whole story. We've spoken about how they took the paper that was made to bring up Yosef's bones. Yosef was referred to as a sher. And they said on the paper, it was a special paper that Meshav Benu had written, to bring up the bones of Yosef from the Nilus. And they threw this into the fire. They threw it into the fire, and then it came up, came up on a golden calf. The Jews had all this gold and silver. How come they couldn't find anything except for the nose rings and the earrings? Elamai, we must say, therefore, that the collection that was made for the Mishkan preceded that of the golden calf, the sin of the golden calf. Now, it doesn't look like that chronologically in the Teda, with the Matan Teda, etc., but immediately after Matan Teda, a collection was taken up. The collection was taken up immediately after Matan Teda, and people gave very, very generously. Then they had to end up giving for this golden calf. What was the purpose of a nation that is standing after Matan Teda, the highest possible level that a person can be at, the purest possible level, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, <clears throat> I need you to build me a tabernacle. <clears throat> I need you to build me a Mishkan. For what? For Kabanis. For sacrifices in case you do a sin, in case you do this, in case you do that. For whatever reasons, you want to be thankful to bring a sacrifice. Wait, who are you talking to here? I'm not capable of sinning. I'm standing by Hasinai still. I'm still soaking in. I heard God's voice. I saw the what we. I saw sounds, and I heard voice, and I heard light. At such a high spiritual level, I have to think about now repenting for sins. Abraham said, "Give me first this. We're going to build this Mishkan." It looks like a mundane building. It looks like a very simple building. But let it be known that for the simplest, most physical, mundane things in this world, because you feel now everything has to be done spiritually. No. Karbanis and Ketedas and all these things have to be brought in the Mishkan. Yes, it means make a tabernacle for me and I will dwell amongst you. And the plural is because it means not only in the tabernacle itself, but in each and every Jew. Every Jew is a tabernacle. Says the Abishta. Build first the tabernacle with mundane physical materials. Let it be known to you that with money, with gold, with silver, with copper, whatever you have, physical, it has to be first, first used for a holy cause. I later, you took money, you took gold, and you enveloped, you gave it for Rahman al-Islam, for Avedi Zara. You fell. You fell. 
but know it, be, be it known, that Reish is called first thing first, you give it for the holy things, for holy items, like the Mishkan. And therefore, although chronologically it might look like the Chet Eagle happened first, the first thing that Agadosh Baruch Hu did after Matan Teda was ask to have collected money for the Mishkan. Which therefore also left them with lesser funds when it came to making their Avidazana. One of the items, and this is something we spoke about before, we've told, we said this word from this Sicha before, at least once, on Pasha's Truma, because it's a very significant and important. Rashi. The Yidin had Atzeshit and they had wood. They had cedar wood. They're in a desert, man. Where do they get the wood from? Acacia wood is called, not cedar wood. Where do they get this wood from? So one commentary says they bought it from the local merchants off the side of the desert. Or there were forests over there. Rashi tells us a, a Pirish from Rabbi Tanchuma. Rabbi Tanchuma said that Yaakov Avinu, when he went down to Mitzrayim, he went down to Egypt with his family to go see Yosef and to go settle in Mitzrayim, to live with Yosef for the, out the last of his years. He up, uprooted, he planted, he took with him trees of the Acacia wood. And he replanted them in Mitzrayim. Trees from Eretz Yisrael planted in Mitzrayim. And he told them, when you're going to leave Mitzrayim, you're going to take these trees with you because you're going to need them to build the Mishkan. What foresight. What a holy, special thought. What a holy special thought this is. Yaakov Avinu had the foresight for his children to not suffer and feel forsaken and lost in the land of Egypt. Let it be known that this wood was sent by your forefather Yaakov and he sent it to you let's show us let's do this and he sent it to you so that you will leave Mitzrayim and take it for your Mishkan the entire time that the Jews suffered as slaves in Egypt, these trees waved before their eyes. Waving before their eyes, and therefore reminding them 
that we are going to leave. Giving them that chizu, giving them the strength to know that they're getting out of this golos. However, Rashi is explaining this to the Mechavash Lamikra. Why then does he have to tell the Mechavash Lamikra that it's a quote from Rabbi Tanchuma? Suffice it to be that it's something that Rashi understood and knew. How he knew it is not re- is it necessarily relevant that he should tell it to the child? Does it tell us anything more in the explanation? And the answer is yes. Tanchuma is a lush in the same word of nechama. Nechama is condolence. Condolencing, condolences were given to the Eden, giving them, calming them down, to give them nechama, to know that they are going to be peace of mind, to give them tranquility, to know that they are going to get out of Golis. And the proof is because of these trees. And therefore, I mean, Tanchuma is the one that's teaching it to us, because he is the one that's telling us about the concept of nechama. So how beautiful and glorious are the words of Rashi, how each and every word is accounted for. Therefore the Mishkan has a place in our mind and heart for us to understand and to work and to develop and to put together and piece together our service to Hashem. question begs to ask how? each and every one of us has to become our own personal tabernacle how? and in what way? the fact is what you put in you take out what you invest, you reap. It's a cloggle. It's a generalization. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that if you put in quality ingredients to a food, the food tastes great. If you put in inferior, it tastes le- less than great. It's a known fact. And therefore, we need to know and remember and recognize all the time that we need to invest in a way that when we get our dividends, we appreciate that the dividends is from our hard work and labor. Sometimes we put in hard work, blood, sweat, and tears into our children and grandchildren, etc. And we wonder if they're ever going to understand, appreciate, or or gain anything from this. Tells us, Taylor, yes. What you put in, you reap. What you reap, you take out. I've told this line before, this little story before as well. A woman, a girl got married and the father was out 
two or three weeks after the wedding, was out with the son-in-law, the new son-in-law. They were out somewhere. And the father needed some money. He needed some money for something. He didn't have that amount of cash, or he didn't have anything. He didn't have cash on him, whatever it was. He needed the amount of money. So he asked the son-in-law for the money. The son-in-law said, sure. And in front of the wife, he said, let's see if it comes back to me. And he left. That means, that sounds like, that imagines, that means, he doubts he's going to get paid back. He had his doubts whether he will be paid back or not. Father was furious to hear that. Father was, was, was ballistic. But he didn't say anything. What's with this guy? New guy in the family. That's how he talks. He doesn't trust me. Someone tell him that I didn't pay back a debt ever. Why would he say that? Why would he talk like that? Why would he say things about me like that? He was just inconsolable. No. More than that, he's worried. Now he's worried. My poor daughter. What did I put her into? Is this guy for real? Is this guy going to be mean to her as well? He was devastated. A few weeks later, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. He was just off his mind with worry for his poor daughter. He had a moment to talk to his daughter. And he says to Mamala, tell me, how's everything? Everything's okay, everything's well? This is just, by the way, a, another pointer in, the, in this story is parents need to always follow up with their married children. Don't ever take for granted they're married and they're fine. No matter how many smiles they come to you with. Always find an opportunity. Don't, don't mix in. Don't meddle, as we say. But keep a finger on the pulse. And he asks his daughter, Mamla, how are you? Everything's okay? She says, sure, beautiful. He says, I- I'm just, I-, I have to tell you. I have to tell you. I'm, as we say in America, blown away by what your husband said. She says, what? What did he say? So I needed to borrow those few dollars from him. And he said, let's see if it comes back to me. I paid it back the next day. But why would he say such things? Why do he suspect me of such things? <laughs> the daughter bursts out laughing. She's laughing. She just can't stop. The father says, why are you laughing? What's so funny about that? And she's laughing and laughing incessantly. Finally, she says, Daddy, my husband has a queer custom. When he has money, he writes his name on it. And he spends it, whatever it is, and he waits to see, when it comes in the circulation of money, let's see if this dollar bill will ever come back to me. The one with my name on it. So the money he gave you was just that. Was dollar bills with his name on it. And he wants nothing to do with you. It had to do with his name on the dollar bill. And he was saying, oh, let's see if it comes back to me. So we learn... 
A, about keeping your finger on the pulse. And B, not meddling and not saying anything off the, off the handle. Because you hear your son-in-law, your daughter-in-law say something that's a little, what you think is off-color. And in general, we don't judge people. A person says something, we have to take to understand what it means and how it can be. The Mishkan teaches us just that. Mundane material, gold, silver, copper, and yet, and yet it's being a dwelling place for the Ebishter. And the Pasha begins, V'yikhuli truma, take for me truma, Li Rashi says, who's Li? To me, to my name. But it also says, V'asu li migdash v'shachanti b'seicham, Make for me a tabernacle dwell amongst it. Rashi says there as well. Lishmi to my name, the house sanctity. Why does he keep explaining the word li to mean lishmi to my name? When something was donated to the holy temple, it took two stages of holy of sanctity. Firstly, when it goes into the property, it becomes the ownership of the Hegdish, of the account belonging to the Mishkan, to the Migdash, it now becomes, this money becomes sanctimonious. It becomes holy. Secondly, when we use it and we make the Mishkan from it, this itself makes it holy. It's like a part of the base Kiddusha. It's not only Mom and Hegdish, but it becomes part of the holy house. And this is what the Pasuk lets us know of these two parts, these two components. The intention of Lishmi, of to me, to my name, Fiyikuli Truma, when it goes into the Truma, comes into the property of Hegdish, and Vasuli Migdash, making to me a temple, the building of the Beis Migdash, which also falls to Kedash. Yes. It says, Every person that that gives their donation to their heart's content, you should take my truma. commandment of setting up, establishing, building Mishkin from Hashem, as we said, was uh, was the obligation and fell square on the shoulders of the Jewish nation. 
who in the Jewish nation was obligated? Anashim and Anashim. Men and women, no difference. And according to the Medrash, even the children. It didn't matter if you were intelligent, smart, simple, it didn't matter. And the Rambam says this in Allah as well. Hakl Chayyab, Livnais, Felicit, Ba'atzman, Vemeinam, Anashim, Anashim, Kimigdish, Hamidbar. Everyone is obligated to build, to totally throw, them in, throw themselves into with themselves and their money. Men and women, Migdash, in the desert. When we look at the actual Cheshbon of the essence of the Mishkan, the setting up of the Mishkan, come to a tremendous, interesting conclusion. Something that wasn't there before. It was not, it just wasn't, it was an entity, it was not an entity, this whole temple, this whole tabernacle. Also, the concept of a holy building. I can only imagine um, Avram Avinu's tent, holy place, guests, Avram Avinu's tent. You can also imagine, it says that Yehuda was sent to Mitzrayim beforehand to establish a yeshiva. And prior to that, there was yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever. You can only imagine, they were nice holy places. But we don't have mention of their buildings being holy edifices. Yet here now we're taking a, new, a whole new idea, a new concept to build a physical, holy dwelling place in this world. <coughs> and within this place, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, will dwell, will rest, he, he himself will come down. As the Navi talks about it in Malachim, and of course we had learned it in the Hemshech Psalm of Vav, where it says, Hashemayim, Shemeh, Hashemayim, Leich al-Kalucha, Vav ki abayis hazeh. All the highest of high and the most loftiest of lofty places did not satisfy HaKadosh Baruch Hu, did not see to it to sate HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, or to, to encompass HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kedusha as much as this home. How? <laughs> How from the simplest Jew do we make and do we say that we've now come up with something that in heaven of heavens we don't have? So we see therefore the essence of the building of the Mishkan was actually the people in charge were special people. Bitzalel he was a nice, special 13-year-old kid. Which Baruch filled within him a godly spirit. Still in all, the Torah was Kevea, that the Mishkan be set up and be established and be built through, as we said before, the donations of each and every Jew. How did the simple man or woman 
have the strength, have the power to make something that's going to ultimately be a dwelling place for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaShemayim Ushmei HaShemayim Heavens and heavens of heavens cannot do this. And here a physical mundane building on this world becomes a dwelling place for God. V'yikhuli Truma as we said, Li is just said Luz Lashmi to give these Nidamas of the Mishkan it had to be done with the proper intentions we just said with the pure intentions that this was going for the service of God Aisa Ha'emes Bipnei Shehi Emes you had to make the Emes because this was Emes Yeah, this was the truth. This is a dagger that ain't called Chochum Zechelo. Not every Chochum, every wise man gets to this this level. So how did Baruch Hu throw this responsibility on the Jews? Here we now see, therefore, the greatness of the Jewish person the spiritual level which they achieved after Matan Tera. As they stood in Hasinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose them, Am Yisrael, He chose them and picked them out from all the other nations. And He made them a new essence, He made them a new concept. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the human being, the physical human being, and He made him Melechas, Mamlechas, Kiyan, and the Gay Kodesh. From then, from Matan he bound each and every Jew with the essence of Akadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, we know that when we talk about a Jew, we keep being scored home, the Gemara Sanhedrin Memdalad on the top of Amr Aleph, the beginning of the first side. Where the Gemara tells us, Afal Pishachota Yisrael, who even though he sinned, he's still a Jew. Because he has the Pintel Yid. And this cannot be severed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, the full intentions of each and every Jew is to be Mekayim, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. If it seems slightly different, if it seems that, God forbid, one has deviated from that, it's only because the Yitzhahara grabbed a hold of him. And more so, even a Jew that has not reached yet the level of Avedis Hashem Lishma, of serving God because of the sanctity of God's name, However, <clears throat> he serves God. It's called Shalai Lishma, just because I have to do it. Chazal tell us about this person. Lastic Batayr of Mitzvah Safil Shalai Lishma, the one that's involved 
in Tera, if he gave him score numbers, you want him to suck him right in the beginning, give him the base. I may be wrong, it's not. It's more, it's more likely to be Nun on the base. To be involved in Tera, even Shnei Shma, is also a special level. Because we take Shnei Shma Bolishma. The fact that you started, even though you started Shnei Lishma, ultimately it's going to become the Shema. Which means to say that each and every Jew has within themselves the Pneumius of the Shalei Lishma, which is the Shema. Because this is what ultimately the Jew wants to be and do. Therefore each and every Jew, the simplest of Jews, can make a Mishkan Fakash Baruchum. Because this is the essence of the Mahus, which he stands in the highest of levels. Until so much so, that he has the Kayak to build a bias, to build a home, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will dwell within it. We have, as we said before, three materials, three metals being donated. Zahav, Chesef, Unacheshes. Gold, silver, and copper. Why of the cheapest metals was the the Mishkan made as well? Was there not enough of the gold and the silver to build it, they had to take something like copper, a cheap metal. Especially when the Jewish nation had plentiful, they had no right to use inferior materials. Even when it came to the carbon tomid, they poured it into they poured it into a, gold, a silver a silver vessel, gold. I'm sorry. But rather, this is a tremendous lesson to each and every person how he has to serve the Almighty. Zov v'chesef and v'cheshes imply the three types of Jews. Zav is the midah of givura, of strength. Which this is the Aveda of the person known as the Balchuva. Those that have done Chuva are doing so with strength. To come and change and turn around totally what they have now become has now become their first nature, the second nature, and to turn it now into the total level of spirituality again. Turn on the light there. It's in the other room, the top of the piano. The bottom, the bottom thing turned to the switch to the opposite. Thank you. Kesef is chesed. 
chesed. Chesed is the beginning of tzaddikim, of the righteous. Unfortunately, Nechishis comes from the Nachash HaKadmini, that serpent. And this implies or hints to the Peshi Yisrael, that Jew that has not yet done Shuva. And the fact that the Mishkan was commanded to build all these three hints to the person that he can't say that a person can say tripping over our tongue that one can't say that if a Pagam or then he can't be part of the Mishkan he can't make the Mishkan the Shmei is Baruch but rather also the person that's the Cheshis that's unfortunately a person that at the moment is not yet about Shiva. He also can have a chedek in the Mishkan in the opposite. Without him, it's not a Mishkan. We need to have all the components in place. Both the tzaddik, the Balchuva, and the person that has not yet done Shiva. And these people are all those, and only through them can we actually build a tabernacle, build a Beis HaMikdash in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to dwell now we've spoken before we've, told this, we've said this once before but it's quite important the difference of Zov, Kesef and Echeshes is also exemplified in how the money, how the gift or the truma was given Each one of these words are acronyms. Zohov, Vachesef, Chesef, and Necheshes. The Farshim tell us, <coughs> Farshim tell us, that the three Trumas that come through these three levels, which they had before Matan Teda, or they received when they gave the Tzedakah, <coughs> These are the three tzedakahs in the world that a person could do <coughs> either when they're healthy and they look like gold or when they got forbid sick and they look like silver or when they're about to die or after death and they're considered like lachashas like copper. But there are those commentaries that add to this and they say the three types of giving tzedakah are hinted also in the acronyms of the words. Zav Zehanesen Bari, the one that gives tzedakah when he is healthy. He has nothing wrong with him, he has no problems, no complaints, everything is good in the hood, as they say. Life is beautiful, but yet he gives tzedakah. Because he is Zav. Zeh body, the one who gives in good health. And then, we have the concept of Kesef. Kesef Zerashtevis Keshiyesh Sakonas Pachad. 
when there is a fear of danger, there's a fear of danger, the person says, oh no, I need to redeem myself quickly, I need to better give tzedakah, so HaKadosh Baruch should help me. And then there's the Chayshas, which is the Sinas Chaylash Omar Tanu. The Chayla gave because they told him, you're about to die, you better give. And therefore he's giving either to save his soul, or to try to win in a few points by HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to have a full shleimer. And it's known that the simple explanation of the building of the Mishkan in the Midbar symbolizes the building of the Mishkan, as we said, the service of each and every Jew to Hashem. And this is also the general taken of the entire Teda Mitzvah. To take items, physical items, and to make from them a Davash Bikdusha. Through Teda, through Mitzvahs, through the Ingen itself, it's considered tzedakah. It's considered important to become something. And it's general. <laughs> and in generalization, it generalizes all the mitzvahs. If that's the case, then we have to find these three levels of giving tzedakah also in the service of Hashem. Zahav Zahan body. This is proving, this is showing on Avedis Hashem, which is complete. This is the Avedis HaTzadikim. The Mekayim body, when they're healthy. All in Yonitele Mitzvahs. And therefore it's compared to the concept of Zav. Because they choose and they take from the quality, the most quality and highest level of everything, every material they could possibly think of. And they make vessels that are counted and reckon for more in the Mishkan. Kesef, Kishiyesh Sakonis Pachad, symbolizes the situation where it's hidden from the world, and we don't see by each and every Jew what they're lacking. And it's hard for them to measure between all that's going on around them, what they're lacking in Avedis Hashem. All the negativity that's facing them from the world and still in all they strengthen themselves and they overcome and they stand again against all odds and all hardships and after all this comes the level the third level in Achishas the ill man the sick person that gives because they told him to give this symbolizes the nuts of the situation, the lowest possible. This is the person that in the mechinus of his, his situation, his spiritual, he's spiritually considered ill, he's considered, considered sick. And part of him is also found after they die. When they say, look, he was totally detached. Less than, lower than. From the source of life, the true life of Kajbarhu and Tayna Tayraschaim. And still in all, one can never give up. So this is also to be a Khailak Avedis Hamishkan. If you only decide to give from your Khaikhas Avedis Hashem, then it should be the Khailak also the Migdash Vishakanti Bisekha. Especially the Tayra and the types of truma which they come through. To recognize also the cheshes, as we said before, is something that was used for the Mishkan, 
For even the Jew that's found in that situation, without him, there's no world, there's no Mishkan, there's no existence. And it's in this place that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, V'shachanti b'seichem. To set this up in this physical world and through this, Shekhinah will rest not only itself, but the soul of each and every Jew. As Chazal tell us from the Pasuk, it doesn't say within him, it says within them. And within them, therefore, refers to refers to the concept of each and every Jew. As they set up different laws of the Binyan of Akamas HaMishkan. And these three types of Trumas, as we said, Trumas HaDonim, Trumas HaKabonis, for the beams, for the sacrifices which they had to buy, the public sacrifices, and Trumas HaMishkan, which is for the building itself, the general upkeep of the building, the question is then asked, why does the Adonim, the beams, and the Kabonis, have to have their own Truma? Why are they not in the general Kasa? Why do they not have the general money? There's also a difference between Trumas HaMishkan generally, and Trumas Adonim and Kabonis. The, the Truma Rishayna, the first one, was Kenidvas Liba Each person gave according to their heart's desire. Where Trumas Achedis were given by Max a shekel to an Efesh. A half a shekel. When it came to the Yenna Kabonis, it's much easier to understand this. The Kabonis came to Mechafer of Acheta Ego. The Begam of each and every Jew, and therefore is required to unite each and every one of us and all of us coming together by saying by the honey with the Haidah saying that we are the ones that are uniting and giving to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and uniting with all that HaKadosh Baruch Hu requires of us may we talk and unite in the Beis Hamidah Shashlishi this very Shabbos Shabbat Shalom to all